Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. What a show we got for you today. It may be a holiday weekend, but we don't have holiday-like guests. We've got top-of-the-line big newsmakers starting off right away with Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. He and his investigative staff have been working with FBI whistleblowers. He's going to give us the lowdown on that. Then we're going to turn to Cash Patel, former chief of staff to the Pentagon, former National Security Council staffer for that, the chief investigative counsel of the House Intelligence Committee when he and Congressman Devin Nunes unraveled the fake story about Russia collusion. And so Cash is going to be here for that. Jay Christian Adams, one of the great voices on election integrity, former Justice Department prosecutor in the election crimes branch. He's going to tell us what's going on. Then Victoria Coates, an outstanding national security mind, former deputy national security advisor to the United States, really one of the top experts when you combine security and energy security. She's going to tell you about the dangers on the near future about energy shortages in Europe and how they may even spill into the American experience. You don't want to miss that. And then Alfredo Ortiz, he is the voice of Main Street America, the president and CEO of Job Creators Network, the great organization that represents America's 30 million small businesses. He's got a lawsuit planned. He's going to be challenging those student loan forgiveness policies that President Biden created out of whole cloth without permission from Congress. Alfredo is going to tell us about that. And then we're going to end up with a woman, I promise you, you don't know her name, now, but you will remember it once you hear her voice. Shauna Chappelle, the mother of one of the brave 13 Marines who died in Afghanistan one year ago during the chaotic failed withdrawal, the bungled withdrawal that Joe Biden oversaw from Afghanistan. Shauna's here. She's going to she's going to make you think hard and remind us all of the sacrifice that the memory of her son will never be in vain, but also some pretty tough words for the current president on what she thinks about his approach to Afghanistan, his failure to acknowledge the 13 heroes on the one-year anniversary of their death. Shauna will wrap us up today. What a great show. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Buckle up when we come back. Ron Johnson, Senator from Wisconsin, up first. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, 
committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Our first guest, well, he's been leading an investigation into the politicalization of the FBI, particularly as it relates to investigations about Donald Trump and Hunter Biden. He is Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. Senator, great to have you on the show. Well, guys, hope you're doing well. We are. I know you're in the thick of a very important election battle. I want to ask you about this whistleblower that your team has been working with. Seems to have a very serious concern about the way the Hunter Biden investigation was handled, kicked around, buried. Can you tell us the latest on what we know about the FBI's conduct? Well, first of all, I want to thank those individuals that have integrity that are coming forward and starting to talk to some of our offices. Uh, you know, we had uh, some whistleblowers come forward to Chuck Grassley's office and talk about how the FBI had a scheme in August of 2020 to downplay, downplay the derogatory information on Hunter Biden. Uh, now we have uh, whistleblowers coming to our office saying that uh, once they obtain that Hunter Biden laptop, the higher up they will not look at that Hunter Biden laptop. And the FBI will not, not going to change the outcome of the election again, uh, implying that they thought they changed the outcome in 2016. I would argue they tried, but they failed. Yeah, great point. Senator, do, yeah, do you expect these whistleblowers to snowball, meaning, as you just cited, Senator Chuck Grassley was the recipient of some allegations. You were as well. And by the way, I think that speaks positively about both of you and your character and the way that you uh, conduct yourselves as senators. But um, they say that courage is contagious. Do you expect for other whistleblowers, in light of the courage of these already, do you expect more and more to, to come forward? I sure hope so. 
I've been uh, making the plea on appearances like this. We do need people uh, with integrity that want to see the, the credibility restored to their agencies. And this is not only the FBI, Department of Justice. We're talking about federal health agencies. You know, it's getting very difficult to do oversight because the uh, federal agencies just thumb their nose at Congress. Uh, you almost have to get a court order. And Congress basically does not have that type of uh, authority generally. So uh, we need people that, uh, like I say, have integrity, that want to restore the credibility of their agencies to come forward. Yeah, and you, uh, you struggled all through 2020 to get the truth out of the FBI. There was a lot of slow walking, uh, State Department, another one that slowed walked you. But two years later, the, the narrative that you began to lay out about Hunter Biden has been confirmed. We now know that federal agencies were involved across many different fronts to try to censor that information going into the election. It looks like an in-kind contribution from the federal government. When did the federal agencies get the idea that it was their job to meddle in elections? Well, I think that started in 2016 when they tried to uh, meddle in that election. They did meddle in that election. They tried to get Hillary Clinton elected and they failed. Uh, but in 2020, they succeeded You know, by uh, downplaying the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, by censoring, by suppressing that, by uh, I, I'm not quite sure who organized the 51 uh, former intelligence officials that uh, wrote that letter about the laptop that said it had all the earmarks of a Russian information operation. Uh, that letter itself was a uh, information operation and in, interfered in our 2020 election to a far greater extent than anything Russia ever could have hoped to accomplish. And quite honestly, John, uh, they're interfering in the Wisconsin 2022 Senate election. You know, they gave me that briefing. Uh, unsolicited in, on August 6, right. 2020. That's the same month they were hatching that scheme to downplay uh, Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. Uh, I knew it was a setup. There was no information. There was a completely unsolicited, unnecessary uh, briefing. But then they leaked it in May of 2021 to smear me. And so as a result of that smear, there are people here in Wisconsin think I'm some kind of tool of Vladimir Putin. Nothing could be further from the truth, as you know. Our report, which has never been refuted, nothing it has, was based on U.S. documents, interviews with U.S. persons. Uh, even though we were smeared and it was all called Russian disinformation by a Democrat colleagues, I mean, leaders of the Democrat Party, uh, we haven't gotten an apology yet now that we've been proven wrong or proven right. Yeah, I know you're right. Amazing. And they certainly have tried to smear you on, on a number of things. And I will just highlight the fact that you were one of a few folks on Capitol Hill who had to, who had the courage to stand up to the central narrative regarding COVID. You hosted these second opinion panels where people were allowed to actually hear something that, that maybe didn't directly coincide with what we were hearing from NIH and CDC. And now, lo and behold, so much of the information that was highlighted on those panels is now finally being embraced by these federal health agencies. Uh, do you feel like you should take a victory lap? <laughs> Again, no apologies are forthcoming. You know, I was you know, always accused of spreading misinformation. I would always ask, well, tell me what I'm saying. Tell me what I'm saying that is not true. And they never been able to say that. And as you're saying, now, now you're seeing the federal health agents come come forward, change their policies. They're not they're not admitting they're they're wrong. They, they really can't afford to admit they're wrong because the body count is so high. The human toll of the shutdowns of the economic devastation is, is so large what they've done to our children i mean you're seeing now the uh, lowers test scores there's a brown university uh, rhode island hospital joint study that said that infants born during the pandemic have a 22 point iq drop i mean this is astounding what has happened but it is our miserable failed response to covid that has created all this damage uh, all this destruction
Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I read all of your work, sir. I've been a journalist for 35 years. Every single sentence of your report was attributed to a document that was available for the public to see. Anyone who said you lied hadn't read that report. I know that for sure. I want to turn to President Biden because he's a guy that has given us a few lies. He tells us the board is fine. He told us he didn't have any dealings with his son's business dealings. He did. Last night, he had two Marines stand behind him while he spewed a very partisan speech. Any concern with you about the use of the military for that sort of a speech? Yeah, I think it's wrong. Uh, it was a very dark speech. And I was on the platform when President Biden took his oath of, oath of office, gave his inaugural address. Eight times during that address, he said his number one goal, not number two, num number three, but number one goal is to unify and heal this nation. He has done the exact opposite. Last week, he called half of America semi-fascist. Uh, now he's basically calling half of America a threat to this democracy. So the most divisive president, certainly in my lifetime, and uh, this this nation is in a very dark place right now. Uh, it's, it's at a hinge point. Uh, our future hangs in the balance. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people heard that speech and, and were concerned, not just by what he said, but how it was said and the whole the whole visual of it was concerning to a lot of people. But I want to hone in on Wisconsin. There are a number of Wisconsin Democrats who uh, don't seem to want close association with Joe Biden as far as him coming to the state campaign with him, one of whom, by the way, is your opponent, Mandela Barnes. Why do you think that is? I think it's kind of obvious. You know, this fundamental transformation that uh, President Biden talked about on the campaign trail. Now we see what it looks like. Open borders, a flood of illegal immigrants, deadly drugs, 40 year high inflation, record gasoline prices, rising crime, the indoctrination of our children. This is the America in the year 2022. We don't have enough infant formula to feed our babies. So the fundamental transformation is literally the fundamental destruction of this country. And, you know, obviously I wouldn't. Uh, I want to be close to somebody who's engineered that. But the problem is, is Mandela Barnes, my opponent, has embraced all of these policies and then some. I mean, he is as radically left as you can possibly get in the political spectrum, but he's trying to hide it. He's not, not talking to the Wisconsin press. He's not doing uh, interviews. You know, he's got up on TV with these feel good ads, completely disavowing past positions. Uh, uh, he, but he's endorsed by all these people that led the defund the the police uh, movement, he incited the violence in, in, in the Kenosha riots by saying that uh, what the police did was a vendetta. Uh, so, again, he, we're, we're going to be pointing out to Wisconsinites exactly how radical left uh, Mandela Barnes is. I spent eight wonderful years in Wisconsin. The voters are very smart. You can't pull the wool over their eyes. And I think they're going to learn a lot from your, your great work in the fall. Senator, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for what you've been doing to get these whistleblowers' information out to the American public. Such an important mission. Have a good day. You as well, sir. Thanks. Folks, don't go anywhere. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS 
They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Cash Patel is a man of many professional talents from federal prosecutor and former chief of staff to the acting secretary of defense under President Trump to best-selling author and political contributor. Cash, it is an honor to have you here and congratulations. I guess this is breaking news. You are a uh, officially a contributor for Real America's Voice. It's so happy to have you. Thanks so much, guys. Amanda, John, my good friend for years. You're stuck with me now. I'm humbled to be with the team. Thank we you, love Rob. it. And it's my well, first welcome, ever Real America's <laughs> Welcome to the dysfunctional sometimes family. We are very happy to have you. Okay, so that, that's the best breaking news. Uh, the other fresh news on everyone's mind is President Joe Biden's speech last night. Um, Cash Patel, I'm wondering if you consider yourself to be a threat to the country as President Biden asserted last night. Well, as I posted on Truth Social, a simple response. If um, you want to call out as fascists those who support America's first policies, well, then I just simply told them I'm your huckleberry. I don't mind standing up for the American people and protecting our border as a national security guy, as a federal prosecutor, as a chief investigator on the House um, Intel Committee. The thing we've always put first is the mission. And the thing that Joe Biden has always put last is the mission and the service of the American people, because the only thing he cares about is a headline. And it looks like some in the media are even eating their own. Yeah, it was a weird reaction today across the media landscape. I want to take you to something that I know you're an expert in. You were a federal prosecutor. You know the importance of the Fourth Amendment and the fact that search warrants are supposed to be narrowly cast. Uh, you take a look at the new returns that came back today. Uh, they, the FBI was grabbing newspaper articles, empty folders, passports, a piece of clothing. None of that, by the way, fits the description of what's in the search warrant. Your thoughts on the overcollection uh, that the FBI has now admitted to? Well, yes, as my time as a national security prosecutor, I handled a lot of these. And what, what's concerning is not just what they took, but this is only what we've been shown so far. It's, remember, it's a limited inventory receipt, uh, thankfully, to a judge who seems to be siding on the uh, side of transparency, which is always good. But, you know, if we are going in to uh, conduct an investigation on a national security case, you take the national security evidence. Um, I'm not sure why you take uh, grandma's pearls and the uh, fresh set of wine glasses on the countertop. But... They overreached on this case, and I think this is just another example of it. Search warrants are supposed to be laid out with particularity, not only with the things to be seized, but the places to be looked. And this seems very, very, very overbroad. Yeah, I wonder which one of those documents they found in Melania's closet, which she had stashed away <laughs> among her, her dresses. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, because I always look at things from an optics perspective. And... 
I don't know how the FBI thought this was going to play out publicly, what the optics would be uh, that they raided a former president's home. Uh, it seems that they were trying to play damage control a little bit with the affidavit. Your name was one of the few names that was not redacted from that affidavit, which I find interesting. Um, but now that they have put out these photos, this seems like another cleanup moment for them as far as the optics to the general American public. Do you think it's helping? Uh, no. And this is what happens when you politicize law enforcement and national security. And that's exactly what this attorney general and Christopher Ray have done at the FBI. You only have to play cleanup and sweep up when you messed up royally. And this is the largest case and in investigation in modern U.S. history that has tentacles that reach back to Russiagate and the corrupt actors that were involved in that in Hunter Biden. And it looks like the Whitmer prosecutions up in Michigan. So these individuals need to be called out by name, guys like Tybalt and Auten. And you guys have done a wonderful job calling these out. But what we need is the underlying documentation to show the American public what the corruption is and who conducted themselves unlawfully and unethically. And of course, this DOJ and FBI will obstruct. So Congress has a monumental lift coming ahead. But our friend Ron Johnson, who you just had on, is doing a wonderful job with whistleblowers so far. Yeah, we're learning a lot. And, you, and when you hear of 20, I've been in this town a long time. I've never heard 20 whistleblowers come out on any given issue. I mean, this is a flood of people coming forward. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, when they stuck your name into that search warrant gratuitously, they were referring to an interview where you said, I know that the president declassified a bunch of documents before. And I think a lot of people think, well, you were just guessing that or you heard that hearsay. But uh, you were on my podcast the other day. You were present when the president said, hey, I'm declassifying documents. You saw it firsthand, right? Yeah, the president did it on multiple occasions. And I've said publicly and privately I found out that there were documents at Mar-a-Lago when the rest of the world found out about them. That's right. So I can't give you an itemized receipt of what's down there. I wasn't involved in any of the movement or the transportation of those documents. But that the fact remains unshaken uh, because the president did issue multiple declassification orders for sweeping sets of documents, as I said in the Breitbart article. And the fact that this FBI and, and DOJ chose to unredact one other name besides President Trump, mine, knowing that the FBI had an ongoing death threat investigation into me based on the January 6th committee's politicization and subpoenaing of me, um, which coincidentally, the FBI ended that investigation on the same day they de decided to unredact my name, intentionally threatening my safety again. This type of conduct should tick off every American. Look, I can handle myself and I can take the arrows and I can take the bullets. But is this really what we want our FBI to do in a national security case? Expose private citizens' names? For what purpose? For none other than to achieve a political headline and get the bad actors like Strzok and Weissman to come on TV and tell me how I need a lawyer. The guys that got fired because of my Russiagate investigation are now giving me legal advice. <laughs> Think of that yeah, one out, yeah. right? And I think you're right. I think Americans do look at this and it's it's concerning to them. But Cash, indulge me for a moment. I want to explore this theory that there were documents at Mar-a-Lago that the DOJ, the FBI, the IC community in general wanted to get a hold of because they pertain to Russian collusion and could possibly implicate members of the Biden White House, Clintons, wh whoever the case may be. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know you've touched on it before. Yeah, well, there might be no better expert than John Solomon on this one. But as chief investigator, you know, Devin and I unearthed so many documents and we lawfully released classified documents through a declassification process. But Devin and I have always said we only got out about 60 percent 
The 40% we didn't get out, we haven't been able to speak to this day, are, shows more corruption than what we did get out. And I've always said all roads lead back to Russiagate. The same corrupt government gangsters who were my bosses in the National Security Division are now the number two and three running the DOJ. And the same people that learned under Peter Strzok and Priestap and Comey McCabe are now at the Counterintelligence Division at the FBI running these investigations. Don't you think that it's a, a coincidence? Of course, there's no such thing as government coincidences. These guys have been taught to bury their bury their corruption with government bureaucratic gymnastics, and that's what we're seeing. And one day we're going to have a breakthrough, especially when we take the gavels in Congress, to force the disclosure of these documents. But I believe these guys are the same crew from the beginning that want to just cover up their corruption, like Rod Rosenstein did, like Chris Ray did, like Bill Barr has done, and so many others before them. You know, Cash, I got to see you work firsthand with uh, Congressman Nunes, Devin Nunes, and I saw the passion you had for the truth. You weren't doing this for politics. You wanted the truth out there. And I remember you telling me many times, if the people who did this don't get punished, the temptation to do it again will be great. It will keep occurring. You now see these whistleblowers coming out saying, oh, they deep sixed a Hunter Biden thing, and they opened up on a President Trump on a new investigation without the proper predicate using liberal intelligence, a liberal news site. Uh, how concerning is it that the lack of punishment may have made your prediction come true? It's tragic for America. Remember, this isn't about me. I could care less about me and what they say about me. It's tragic as a national security prosecutor, as a career national security guy, chief of staff at the Pentagon, that our law enforcement community, intelligence community has been hijacked by political parties to the degradation of American national security. These people should never be allowed near government positions. But what you see, and this is what's taking Americans off the most, is these guys have so much arrogance that they never thought they would be discovered and that our investigation in Russiagate would lead to 17 people being fit, uh, retired or uh, fired out of government service. They never thought it would continue. And that's why we have to march down this track. Nothing ticks Americans off more than a two-tier system of justice. And it is on full display with complete intent and knowledge with this FBI and DOJ. And America is sick of it. Yeah. Cash, very quickly before we go, um, assuming Republicans take back the House and looking at investigations, Biden's in Ukraine, Biden's in China, diaries, laptops, whatever, who do you expect to be the Republican superstars leading this? Well, look, I might be biased, but of course I go with guys like Jim Jordan and Senator Grassley and Ron Johnson and, and so many amazing, and I hate naming names because I'm leaving out so many amazing people uh, that I used to work with at the House and Senate, and John knows them all. But uh, we need a huge congressional oversight here. Yeah, and I think that, that we will be seeing that from many of them coming up, especially as pub public sentiment surges in that direction. Cash Patel, welcome to the family and official contributor here at Real America's Voice. Great to see you. Thanks for coming on. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I am so excited to have this next guest on. He is truly one of the greatest experts when it comes to election integrity. A straight shooter, careful with the law, careful with his words. He is Jay Christian Adams, the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation and a former attorney at the Justice Department who used to enforce our election laws. That's why he's so good at it. Uh, Christian, great to have you on the show. Hey, hi guys. So you have a big victory that you've scored in one of the most important battlegrounds of America, Michigan. Uh, Michigan wants to keep their uh, voter rolls dirty and old with even dead people on them. You scored a victory. Tell us what happened and why it's important. Yeah, 25,000 dead registrants on the active rolls in Michigan. Like 4,000 of them have been dead for 20 years. We had pictures of their gravestones in the complaint. We sent Jocelyn Benson, the state secretary of state in Michigan, notice about these dead people before the 2020 election. She didn't do anything. We finally sued. She still hasn't done anything. Tried to get the case dismissed saying we can't, we're allowed to sue uh, understanding is a legal thing, and uh, and and the ca- and, and she lost. So the case is going to go forward. Every state that's faced these kind of lawsuits eventually settles with us. Uh, let's see if she does. Fascinating. Twenty years, really. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That and that's an incredible number of dead people. Um, and and she has a pretty formidable candidate uh, that she's running against, Christina Caramo, who we've had on the show. Numerous times, so that'll be interesting to see. But also in Michigan, the Zuckerbucks, that was a very hot conversation with a lot of questions surrounding the integrity of that type of private funding going into a state and their elections. Um, talk to us about that, because Jocelyn Benson, again, is getting sued over this. She's actually one of the architects of Zuckerbucks. She was one of the ones who sat down with Vanita Gupta of the uh, uh, one of the far left civil rights groups, right. and now associate attorney general number three at the DOJ, uh, Vanita Gupta and Jocelyn Benson and others were the ones who cooked this whole thing up with Zuckerberg and his wife. So she was there at the beginning. Uh, look, they come up with devious and diabolical ways to put the thumb on the scales. And she's, uh, you know, she's she's one of the architects. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I want to ask you this, because when the Zuckerberg controversies first came up. Mark Zuckerberg said, listen, all we were trying to do is be good governance. We, we had a pandemic. We were trying to help fund things. Of course, the patterns of the spending showed that blue Democrat counties were the beneficiaries. But now we know that Zuckerberg admits he was censoring the Hunter Biden laptop information with input from the FBI. How does that change everyday Americans' perception that this guy was trying to not let the dirt come out on, uh, Donald, or on Donald Trump's opponent? while also putting all that money on the street. Has that, does that change some of everyday Americans' minds, you think? Well, he's part of the new generation of, uh, of authoritarians just with a smiley face and an F. Uh, and, and look, John, if we could go back in time, just remember like 30 years ago when everybody said, oh, the answer to the lack of speech is more speech and everybody's entitled to their opinion and the ACLU helps Nazis in Skokie. I mean, remember the good old days where <laughs> we all believed that everybody should be allowed to say things uh, without being repressed? Those days are gone. And Zuckerberg, like Benson with private funding of elections, Zuckerberg is one of the architects of this, this suffocation of the free flow of ideas. And we should, when we see the Facebook F, that's what we should think, is this is all about suffocation of ideas. Yeah, you're so yeah. right. 
And I think if the 2020 election could get a letter grade, it would definitely be an (laughs) F. And unfortunately, (laughs) you know, there were so many things that were done leading up to the election that changed, I think, the ultimate outcome. We can't go back and reverse it. It certainly seems like that's the case. But what we can do is change things going forward. But we're coming up on Labor Day weekend, and that is the cutoff for documents to be destroyed per Virginia law. But their attorney general is looking into the 2020 election. These irregularities, looking at the records, they're about to be destroyed. Destroyed. Give us your thoughts. Well, look, if, let's get back to basics. Federal law, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, requires election records to be kept for 22 months. If they want to keep them longer, there's nothing that requires them to be destroyed. It's just a federal minimum. And that was put in place because uh, Southern registrars were saying, what? You're telling me that Miss Smith came to register to vote? Well, I ain't got no record on that. And so they were using their control over records to discriminate against African-Americans in the South. And so that's why the 22 months got put in the law. There's nothing that says the election records have to be destroyed. It's just they can't be destroyed before 22 months. Yeah, such a great point. It's just the minimum. You're right. Uh, Chris, I want to ask about this. Uh, as you look out, uh, we'll start this conversation, finish this conversation where we started. Uh, the voter rolls, why are they so important to keep clean? And why is it that only in Democrat states are we seeing efforts to keep dead people, put people back on? Wisconsin just started a process of taking inactive voters and putting them back on the rolls. Why do you think these blue states are trying to do that to the voter rolls? Well, it's easy because blue states, in many cases, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Maine, I could go down the list, are run by sort of ideological state election officials who are opposed to list maintenance. It was part of HR1, if you remember a year ago, that they were gonna ban all list maintenance uh, as a matter of federal law, that failed of course. And they are against list maintenance. They would rather have polluted voter rolls than mistakenly remove somebody who should not be removed. They'll tell you that's what they think. And so John, the problem is, uh, when you have a, a system that is now so heavily vote by mail, when you have all of these automatic things going to homes, polluted voter rolls is step one to problems. And that's what happened in Nevada. That's what happened in Michigan, Pennsylvania. Judith Presto. Remember the name Judith Presto. She got registered to vote, voted by mail, and she was dead. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here here in California, we are famous for our dead uh, being resurrected and voting. So I certainly know what's that like. Very quickly, we've got about a minute left. You served as an attorney at the Department of Justice. Uh, we look at the Department of Justice now, and it seems like so much has gone haywire for, for ba- lack of better terms. Your opinion on your old agency? Well, I guess uh, I lived in the coal mine and I was the canary back in 2010 with the new Black Panther case. And I saw unequal enforcement of law up close uh, over a decade ago. And the Civil Rights Division is always the first place where crazy starts. And now it's happening throughout the entire department. Why aren't they involved in our Michigan case? I thought they believed in enforcement of federal NVRA law. Uh, They're not. Of course, they'll probably take the side of Michigan if they did. The point is that DOJ has always been problematic in the Civil Rights Division. Now it's across all the divisions. Yeah, you were such an important whistleblower. I got to cover that case and uh, your courage and under a lot of fire, uh, I think made us all inspired to do more. So Chris, great to have you on. We wish you a happy Labor Day. Thanks for joining us. Happy Labor Day, Amanda. Thank you, same to you. All right, folks, here's a real American here, a really great guy. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick break. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From the southern border, and it's the security issues to the unrest that's been going on in Iraq the last few days, our next guest has her finger on the pulse, not just at home, but also abroad, specifically in the Middle East. Victoria Coates recently served former President Donald Trump on his National Security Council team and is now a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us right now. Victoria, great to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Good to be with you. We want to start with a little news that broke just a little while ago. The former Soviet leader, the man who really was overseeing the transition of the Soviet Union to a different era, Mikhail Gorbachev, dead at the age of 91. Your thoughts on his legacy? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. One of the phrases I've used a lot in recent years as we've been approaching potentially transitioning states is, is I'm not going to be looking for a George Washington, but I could really use a Gorbachev. <laughs> because when, when Mikhail Gorbachev faced the inevitable disintegration of the Soviet Union, you know, he had the pragmatism to make a deal with Ronald Reagan and try to come to some kind of arrangement for an orderly transition away from the Soviet system. And I would just add, you know, the shame is on, you know, many of us in the United States for not taking full advantage of that because, you know, barely a decade later, we had Putin come to power. We did not manage that well. Yeah. And, and Victoria, that pragmatism that I think needs to be something that is more emphasized in national security and foreign policy, is that something that you see being utilized, pragmatism within this current administration? Sadly, they're, they're sort of anti-pragmatists, Amanda. It's, it's as if they, they look at American interests and what's best for us and then go and do the opposite. So this has been enormously concerning. It was deeply concerning in Afghanistan one year ago, and it's equally concerning uh, in Ukraine and now in, in Iraq. Yeah, let me follow up on that. Uh, the the uh, violence and unrest in Iraq is a really big deal. It, it's one thing to have it in Afghanistan. Iraq, with the giant oil that it pumps into the market every day. Doesn't seem like the Biden administration said a peep about this. This is a pretty big deal. What are we mishandling here? What are we missing as an opportunity in the United States? Well, we've really been missing it for the last almost year. This this stems out of some failed elections last October, which were successful from a democracy standpoint, but didn't put anybody in the position to form a coalition. So Iraq has been adrift, uh, governed by a, a caretaker prime minister. And the administration has been so obsessed with the Iran deal that they've really just ignored it. There's no focus on Iraq. There's no strong engagement. There was no attempt to broker some kind of a deal that would be favorable to the United States. And, you know, as we reached a kind of a, a small crisis over the weekend with Muqtada al-Sadr threatening the oil fields and then the violence in Baghdad yesterday, 
you really have to give sober thought. What does it mean if OPEC's second largest producer is taken offline? Right now, we have an energy crisis in Europe. We're not far behind here in the United States. And the administration has no interest in fostering our own fossil fuel production to make up the, the potential lag. Yeah. And, and speaking of energy, I want to shift over to the Iran nuclear deal. Um, reports as recently as just a few days ago from the Israeli prime minister, uh, Yair Lapid's government said that they couldn't get Joe Biden on the phone to talk about this, to discuss uh, ramifications of it. What, what is the current status of the Iran nuclear deal and that relationship between President Trump and the prime minister of Israel? It's really a, a terrible concern. And I can tell you, uh, for President Trump, I think it, you, were, you meant President Biden. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> wishful thinking. But uh, <laughs> President Trump, there would not be circumstances, particularly during a time of international crisis, when then Prime Minister Netanyahu could not get President Trump on the phone or vice versa. President Trump was always available to our partners and allies and willing to take phone calls at, at the worst times because I was frequently one of the ones who was bugging him to do it. So, it, it you know, the, this seems to be a recurring theme with President Biden that either he's not available or foreign leaders aren't taking his calls. He seems awfully isolated on the international stage. And that's really scary, particularly uh, if, if the administration is pushing unilaterally to, get, unilaterally to get back into some version of the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah, and that's amazing to watch. I, I hear so many world leaders or the representatives here in Washington say this administration is just completely disengaged. It's like knock on the door, no one answers. It's really remarkable. I want to take you to one of your other expertises, because in addition to all the great work you've done in national security, you know a lot about energy. You just mentioned Eastern Europe and the energy crisis. We're heading into a difficult winter, aren't we? This, this could lead to more unrest with the, with the energy shortages that are on the imminent horizon, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it isn't just Eastern Europe. We're talking about Germany, Great Britain. Uh, the, one of the most Googled terms in Germany right now is firewood. Uh, and as you may know, you know, burning wood is one of the worst things you can do for the environment. It throws off the most carbon more than coal. Now, the EU is so internally conflicted they call burning wood carbon neutral because I guess they think it's somehow natural. It isn't. It's terrible for the environment. But here at home, Bloomberg had a piece last at the end of last week saying that 20 million American homes are potentially at risk of defaulting on their energy bills because the prices have gone so high. That's one in six, John. You know, this should not be the case in the United States. We are one of the world's three great energy producers, along with Saudi Arabia and Russia. The fact that our, our citizens are becoming energy vulnerable and potentially energy poor or energy starved is absolutely shameful. And I would put it, st it squarely at the door of this administration. Yeah, it's, it's very scary to see. Uh, Victoria, I want to round off the conversation with another question about pragmatism. Uh, South Korea made a very pragmatic and maybe somewhat uncomfortable decision recently. They had really tried to throw a lot of resources behind renewable energy, but they finally said, you know what, this isn't going to pass muster, at least not yet. We're going to have to put some resources behind nuclear power, and that's the direction they're heading right now. Uh, do you see kind of a mirror image of that happening here in the United States? Do you think that's our future that we will turn instead to nuclear power? It certainly should be our future, Amanda, because nuclear is clean. The
the new nuclear reactors that the Department of Energy, my old my old home, uh, were enormously proud of the technological developments toward clean, safe, civil nuclear. You know, this is the kind of massive power generation that can fuel the future, can be great for the United States. And the best thing about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, or maybe the only even halfway good thing about it, was a boost for domestic civil nuclear. The Congress should double down on that. That is such a good idea. But at the same time, we shouldn't take our eye off natural gas, which is also enormously clean. And I'm proud to say conversion to natural gas meant the Trump administration was the bigger, biggest lowest lowerer of emissions in U.S. Wow. history. Oh, it's an amazing record. It doesn't get talked about, but it's an incredible achievement that occurred there. Victoria Cuts, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Can't wait to get you back. The world is too turbulent not to have you on very often. Anytime. Thanks, you guys. Oh, thanks a lot, Amanda, for joining me on this. What a great interview. I learned a lot. We're going to be right back with more things just like this right after the commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Our next guest is a mother of two wonderful young men who have since left the world way too soon. Shanna Chapel is a gold star mother who lost her son, Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, uh, just outside the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan, during the United States exit. We also want to take the time to honor her other son, Dakota Halverson, who has since gone on uh, to be with his brother and the 12 other service members that tragically lost their life to terrorists last year. Shanna, our sincerest condolences and our greatest appreciation for you making the time for us today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so Friday was the one-year anniversary of losing your son at the Kabul airport. Um, tell our audience where you are right now. I'm actually at the cemetery right now. I was sitting with visiting cream like I do every day, and then I got in my truck to cool off so I could do the interview. Uh, so we're looking right there at the gravesite, aren't we? And they're over. Um, the gravesite is to my my right. Wow. Um, I mean, I could take you down to his gravesite if you're wanting to see it. Yeah, we're probably going to have a little problem with a signal, but we are going to want to see it. And we are going to show that footage. I, I want to ask you a little bit 
Uh, it's been a year. You've absorbed a lot of, uh, of the uh, grievances and the pain that goes with this. What is it like? The brotherhood and sisterhood of the Marines are so amazing. I know uh, Kareem's uh, colleagues have been there all along for you. What is it like to have that camaraderie, that support when you're going through such a, a difficult moment? It was actually, it's been very helpful to me um, to have the support of them. Uh, they keep Kareem's name alive. They talk about him often. They tell the funny stories about him um, from boot camp through up to being in Kabul. Uh, so it's actually helped a lot. Yeah, so important. Uh, I've, the pictures, he looks like he was just beloved. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, like I said, Friday was the one year anniversary. As a mom, um, our, our president, Joe Biden, was filming a segment with Jay Leno, I believe, on the day of that anniversary. For you as a mom, how does that feel knowing that the president is is laughing it up with a comedian in Hollywood on a day that you uh, are spending thinking about your son who was killed? Um, I'm pretty angry. He's had a whole year, a whole entire year to talk about all 13. And he has not done it at all. He has acted like they were disposable and replaceable. That's how I feel he's treated our kids. He's kind of like, oh, well, they're gone, so forget about them. Um, it's his fault they're dead. <laughs> so, I mean, but that would be why he doesn't talk about them. He knows that their blood is on his hands. So that's why he doesn't talk about them. You know, you, you tried to express that sentiment on Facebook. And after all your family has sacrificed, all, the, all they've done for this country, all you've been through, my understanding is that Facebook wouldn't even allow you to express your opinion on that. Tell us what it's like to be censored on something as important as what you were talking about. Um, well, it's still frustrating. So I stopped posting on Facebook and I only post on Instagram, but my posts from Instagram automatically go to Facebook. But Instagram in April deleted my original account permanently. Mm. They never gave it back. It's the one that um, Kareem would follow me on and that I would follow him on. I had messages on there um, from him to me. They're gone. The pictures, everything, they took it away. So I made a new account, which they now have me censored and shadow banned on. Anytime I talk about this administration, um, if I talk about what happened to Kabul, if I, if I say anything about this administration, um, I'm censored, I'm shadow banned, or they delete my posts. It's unbelievable. Do you think and if my more Americans heard... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I was just wondering, do you think if, you know, because obviously your voice is being stifled um, and many Americans probably have moved on, unfortunately, from that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Do you think if more Americans had access to to your story and your son's story and your plight and, and what you've gone through, do you think that that would affect Joe Biden, his popularity and the prospect of, of Democrats keeping the House in the midterms? I mean, I hate to make everything political, but do you think that that would affect him politically? Oh, yes, definitely. He knows it would. That's why he keeps it silent. He knows it would. Uh, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> I just did a um, caravan cruise. It was called the Say Their Names cruise. And um, and this has been going on for a while. The bed of my truck, the, of my truck is wrapped with the Fallen 13. I have people all the time ask me, who are these kids? Oh, and then I tell them, they say, well, what happened to Kabul? Nobody knows. A lot of people don't know. And it, it would surprise you how many people don't know, because this wasn't something that was uh, shared on the news nonstop, not bringing up George Floyd, but 
he was shared nonstop on the news. I don't know why, but he was. Um, and so, but these same people that don't know about our fallen 13 can tell you about George Floyd because he was mm-hmm. talked about the president made a big thing about him or I'm sorry, Biden made a big thing about him, but our 13, he acted like they were nothing. He wouldn't even say their names. He said George Floyd's name, but he never said our 13 fallen heroes names. We're going to forever say their names. They can never be forgotten for that sacrifice that they made for this great country. Uh, Shanna, I want to ask you about this. Um, uh, We recently had testimony from uh, General McKenzie, the top commander at CENTCOM who oversaw the bungled exit. He said he told the president directly, it's a mistake to pull out, leave 2,500 troops or the Taliban will overrun the country. Just like it happened when you hear that versus what the political people and the news media have been telling the American public. What do you think? I think maybe McKenzie's just trying to save his own butt. I mean, after all, he did sur- surrender Bagram Air Base to the Taliban. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, Bagram has turned over. You're right. Well, yeah. Shanna, Surrendered. we appreciate you being with us. And we will be thinking about your son as we did on Friday and as we always will. And uh, we appreciate you for being with us and your son's selfless sacrifice in order to keep all of us back here safe. And we hope that uh, that you continue to find peace through strength and we'll continue to say the names of the fallen heroes while praying for you and your family. And we are going to start that right now, saying those 13 names. So thank you, Shanna. Sergeant Johanny Rosario Picardo, he was 25 years old. Sergeant Nicoli LG, 23 years old. Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover, 31 years old. Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22 years old. Corporal Dagan W. Page, 23 years old. Corporal Umberto A. Sanchez, 22 years old. Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza, 20 years old. Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz, 20 years old. Lance Corporal Riley J. McCollum, 20 years old. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Merola, 20 years old. Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nakui, 20 years old. Navy Corpsman Maxton W. Soviak, 22 years old. Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Naus, 23 years old. Everybody, we'll be right back. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for joining. We really enjoy having you here. It's great. We'll give you the rest of the day off. Yes, you can take a day off from news. If you get a news fix or a hankering for one, you know what to do. Just go to justthenews.com. We got you covered 24-7. Until the next time we talk, which, by the way, will be tomorrow. Until then, God bless you and God bless this incredible country, the United States, and happy Labor Day weekend. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded 
January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.